Welcome to Military Reunion Network Radio. I'm Sharon Danachek, your host. And, you know, we talk so often with our veteran community about connection and communication and at our events and between suppliers and our hospitality industry. And today we're going to take a little bit of a different direction and talk about connection on a popular uh, professional platforms um, that you can belong to, and it's LinkedIn. So I have uh, Leanne uh, Calderwood. Uh, she is a LinkedIn trainer. She's also known as the lady, uh, the, la- the lady of LinkedIn in the meetings and events industry. So, uh, Leanne, you're going to be talking to us all about uh, LinkedIn. And so, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me, Sharon. And as you know, I can talk about LinkedIn all day long. So I appreciate this opportunity. And yeah, let's together, let's find some best practices that your veterans can use to connect with their audiences using the platform. Okay. Um, you know, we have uh, our our listeners are from the hospitality industry, and then we also have the veteran community. And so maybe we should start with maybe the simple definition of what LinkedIn is. Yeah. Oh, I love this question because it has changed, Sharon. Um, LinkedIn was launched in 2003, so it's coming up 20 years this year. Um, And it was really launched as kind of an online representation of our resumes, our curriculum vitae per se. Um, But it's now moved into what I call the thought leadership platform for business and event professionals. And so we can jump on the platform and find industry insights, regardless of what industry we're in, but also make real honest connections and start to um, nurture those connections using the platform. Whereas before, we may have had only in-person networking opportunities to nurture those connections. So LinkedIn has really become a networking platform for our professional lives, as well as that thought leadership platform where we can learn industry insights. I have noticed over the years, and I I have to confess that it's only been in the last maybe four years or so that I have... um, been uh, actively on it. And I've noticed that um, it's become much more human. Um, You know, people are not only posting about and talking about uh, professional and and information across all industries, but they're talking about how um, their son just graduated from and got his MBA. And they're, you know, so it's, it's becoming a lot more human, which I really, really love. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, and that I get asked uh, that question a lot, you know, is it uh, becoming about Facebook? And how I would answer that question is, yes, the personal is coming over to LinkedIn, but it really is about gating the things that we want to share about our personal lives. And when we do share those things, like when our son graduates from college, it creates a no like, and trust factor that then bleeds into our professional lives. Because we like to do business with people that we know, like to do business with people that we like and trust. And so bringing in that personal content helps get people on the path to purchase just a bit quicker because we already know, like, and trust that individual beyond their job title. And so that's what I like about LinkedIn as well, Sharon. I'm with you 100% is, you know, now people know me not only as a trainer and a speaker, but they also know me as a tea drinker, or they also know me as a hockey mom. And so there's that area of relatability so that when they do need something that's around LinkedIn training, 
they've already made that personal connection with us. So that's really the tie of personal and professional uh, together on the platform, which to your point, I'm absolutely loving as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, talking about you being a LinkedIn trainer, um, how how did you get to the position you're in now? What, what was your path to get there? Yeah, exactly. None of us grew up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a LinkedIn trainer when I grow yeah. up. Um, so, And ironically, none of us also grew up thinking I'm going to be a meetings and events professional. But that is how my career uh, veered um, when I was in my late 20s. And um, in my early 30s, I got an opportunity to join a site selection firm, which I'm still ironically working at. Um, and the great thing about site selection is I get to make all of these relationships with both clients and with hotels and hospitality partners. But a lot of it had to do with sales. Um, and Sharon, you may not know this about me, but I'm a raging introvert. And so when it comes to selling, it was very uncomfortable um, and for me, very awkward. And so I had to find a different way to quote unquote sell and find clients mm -hmm. that I could service. And so that's when I jumped on LinkedIn and I started a strategy called social selling, where I created that no like and trust factor by creating content for the meetings and events professionals, uh, by talking about industry trends. And so that's what attracted my clients to me. And so I removed that, um, that pressure to be exceptional at cold calling or exceptional at even email creation. And I did it through LinkedIn. Now, what got me to this is, of course, in March 2020, which um, my uh, career kind of disappeared, right? So site selection yeah. <laughs> had to take that pause during the great pause. You can call it whatever you want. And so it was really that opportunity now to teach other people how I had built my business. And so fast forward three years, that's what I did. And I started, even though I was already using LinkedIn prolifically, now I was looking at it as a student of how to teach about the platform, which brings me to today. I was first introduced to you, you know, I had seen your posts coming across uh, my feed on LinkedIn. And then I was in a really introduced to you uh, at Cascadia, which is the Meeting Professionals International, um, basically Pacific Northwest Conference. And so you started posting about that. And I think I responded a couple of times. And then um, and then we connected at uh, an industry event after that. Well, you know, so you raise a couple of interesting points. Um, you know, we have met at a couple industry events as of late. Um, but the precursor to us meeting in person was that we met through LinkedIn. Right. And so that's kind of, as an introvert, like I mentioned, that's kind of the icebreaker for me so that people do feel comfortable talking to me because they already kind of sort of know me through the exactly. platform. And anyone can do that. It's not just a LinkedIn trainer. Anybody can do that um, if they're looking for a different way to connect with people. And then those in-person networking events Oh, it becomes so much easier, right? You've already cut through the small talk and now you're actually talking about things you want to talk about because mm -hmm. you've, you've broken that ice uh, using LinkedIn as a precursor to the platform. 
Leanne, one of the things that I think is really, really cool about your posts are the ones that you do that you're, it's a video and it's, it's on the fly or on the go. And as you're talking about the subject matter of the day. Yes, I do a bit of a, what I call a roaming reporter type um, post every now and again. Uh, it's a rip off of uh, Rick Mercer, who's a famous Canadian reporter. Now he obviously does it a ton better than me. Um, but Sharon, the only way I got comfortable with doing that is practice. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I started doing those types of videos a few years ago and they weren't so hot. They were pretty, <laughs> pretty jumbled. Um, I didn't have my script, et cetera, but now I use tools that help me with my script. I use, um, you know, the, uh, the selfie stick tool, which helps to kind of balance the, the camera. So it is a, it's gone through a few iterations, but that's where I think you know, practice makes perfect. And uh -huh. so for people who are just getting onto LinkedIn and just thinking about posting, uh, and again, thank you for your kind comments about my posts, but you know, my content has also evolved and, but you have to start. And so uh -huh. for people who are looking to start on the platform, start today with a simple yeah. post. Um, and don't worry about what's going to happen with that post because tomorrow you're going to post something else and next week post something else and you're going to find your voice and you're going to get better at it. And before you know it, you're creating content that looks way different than the thing that you just posted today. So yeah. I hope that helps and encourages. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I was going to add to that end of that statement. You also find your community. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that which is which is so critically important um you know one of the things that that you talk about in your courses um which we're going to get to and, and talk about a little bit later but you talk about the the types of goals you know mm -hmm. and and you know what's your objective for being on linkedin so um let's focus on that a little bit and then uh, maybe talk a little bit about the different types of engagement and mm -hmm. connection so yeah, the goals piece, you know, we we always hear that we should be setting goals, whether they're business goals or personal goals. And it's no different on the platform, because without knowing the type of impact that you're trying to create on the platform, everything else is going to look haphazard and fall flat. So when you have that goal for being on the platform, and for many of the people listening to this podcast, it could be to break the ice with hospitality professionals and get to know them better. Or it could be to find their next employment opportunity. Or it could be to meet influencers like you, Sharon, and other people in your industry. When you drill down what that goal is, it makes your content so much clearer. So for that job seeker, their content is going to look a lot different than the person who's trying to be a thought leader in the industry. You know, it's going to be about showcasing transferable skills as opposed to opinions on industry trends. So that's mm -hmm. just one example of where your content really needs to align with your over overarching goal. But it also then helps you um, create a network of the people that you want that will help you reach your goal. So obviously, if you're looking for a job, you also want to align yourself um, with potential recruiters or start to follow the company pages of companies that you think you might like to work at. 
Whereas thought leaders, we're going to follow other thought leaders and we're going to follow other industry collaborators to kind of keep our finger on the pulse of the community. So it really drives all your activities on the platform, even down to how your profile is set up. It used to be an online resume and now it should actually look nothing like your online resume and your goals will really drive the different components of your uh, LinkedIn profile as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think for for myself and for the military reunion network, my goal, um, my my mission for the military reunion network is to reduce veteran suicide by encouraging and helping veterans stay connected um, through their military reunion. So the more veterans stay connected to their battle family, the the less likely they are to um, step onto a very very dark path. You know the Veterans Administration um, over the years has talked about 22 veterans a day commit suicide. Um, there those stats have changed and reduced a little bit, but there's an independent organization that did a five year study um, with eight states. It's called Operation Deep Dive, and their estimates are. Um, over 40 veterans a day take their lives by their own hand. So I'm really um, understanding the statistics and how um, high the suicide rates are for our veterans. Um, I created a veterans resource programs page. So one of my goals to connect with um, or connect on LinkedIn is with different veteran service organizations that are doing such phenomenal work with our veteran community and supporting them and helping them. And I want to invite them to be on my website on this page from across mm -hmm. the country. And that's the power of LinkedIn is now you can tie, tie into those uh, organizations, um, educate them on the value of your mission. Um, but the other thing I heard, Sharon, is we were talking about your mission statement earlier uh, and how that can take front and center on your um, profile yourself. Um, mm -hmm. But now I'm hearing some other keywords like you're saving lives and you're creating such a safe place for these people. So, you know, I hope you're also using those keywords as you um, incorporate them into your profile, because uh, I think it's important for people to see how important this work is. Um, you know, you have such a passion for it and it is such an important mission. Um, and, and so hopefully you can bring in people who feel, feel the same way and want to support you. Yeah. Well, it's so far, it's been a wonderful to connect a, a success story to tell you about. Um, when I first started this, um, and focusing on the veteran service organizations, um, I got connected with a gentleman uh, that is with Pacific Northwest Vets, and they have started a monthly meeting in different locations uh, on the I-5 corridor in Puget Sound around, you know, Seattle, Tacoma area. And um, through that, through his LinkedIn post, we connected we started talking on LinkedIn. We connected on, this is just the story you hear all the time, the success story you hear all the time. So Josh and I connected on LinkedIn through messaging, and then we connected on the phone. Uh, and then we started talking about the Pacific Northwest um, Veterans Snohomish County Coalition meeting, which I was able to attend in person and meet with, about, I think there must've been 12 of us that are all focused on supporting our veteran community. 
in person. It was just so phenomenal. It was just so amazing. So, and that's all because I'm learning to, I'm learning to navigate LinkedIn from you. So you're, you are, you get all the credit. Well, no, I'm not going to take credit for building community. You need to own that, Sharon. But you said, you know, I hear these stories all the time, but they never get old. I mean, this yeah. is, you're creating so much change and momentum from one single LinkedIn direct message. I love that story. I want to hear that story over and over and over again. So thank you for sharing that with me. Well, so, and without looking at your profile, Sharon, I'm hearing a few really interesting keywords. Like I'm hearing about, I'm hearing the word building a lot. I'm hearing community. I'm hearing between veterans and hospitality professionals. Those are five keywords that I think you need to ensure are sprinkled within your LinkedIn profile, especially uh -huh. that headline. And I know we've talked about that before, but our headline really needs to move from being a job title to being uh -huh. a mission statement and you yep. have a mission statement you have a very strong mission and a very clear mission so instead of being a sales manager or an association director in your case sharon we're moving to become community builders between the right. military reunion veteran community and hospitality professionals and so that's mm -hmm. what i love about linkedin is it's become this creative playground where we become much much more than just our job title did did that transition start before COVID or was or was COVID really the the catapult, the launch pad for people to sort of, you know, it, as in your case, kind of, you know, really focus on the virtual side of things? Yeah, it's an interesting question. The shift from LinkedIn happened before COVID. Um, but I do want to address COVID um, in a minute. So it was roughly around 2015, 2016 that we really saw this massive shift. Uh, the site was completely restructured a couple years before that. And now we see this shift into what, again, I call thought leadership. Now, coincidentally, Microsoft purchased uh, LinkedIn in 2016. Now, are the two related? I actually don't know the answer to that and would love to know, but that's kind of when it happened. But to your point, what COVID did is it brought everyone back to the platform. So we saw not only a surge in new people joining the platform in uh, 2020, but we also saw a surge in monthly users, in content creators, et cetera, because prior to that, we were so busy with our jobs and everything was clickety-boo and the world was perfect and rainbows and unicorns, we uh -huh. didn't need the platform. And then when the world fell apart, everyone is scrambling to find new jobs. Everyone is scrambling to connect on a professional basis. And so that's what brought people back to the platform. And like you, Sharon, it was like, holy crap, things have changed. Like I haven't been here for years. Um, and you're not alone, Sharon. A lot of people had that kind of jolting moment um, kind of when we came back from COVID in a good way. Um, mm -hmm. And now I guess my hope is that I hope the, those that have come back to the platform after taking a bit of a hiatus, I hope they stick around. I hope there's enough value there that they see, wow, this could change the trajectory of my career. I can connect with people that I can never, ever connect with before. Um, and this is the platform to do it on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of 
connection and posting. I, one of the things that was one of my, my talking points that I wanted us to focus on was uh, happy stories and horror stories when oh. it comes to posting. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of content up on there. And like I said, content creation actually spiked 60% in 2020. Uh, and to your point, Sharon, we see a lot of really great content and some not so great content. Um, what I, what I think makes a really great piece of content is one that creates conversation and discussion. Um, so whatever that industry topic is, whatever that um, uh, point is, bringing that into conversation. Um, and while we can have opinions, and this is the other thing that I love about LinkedIn is there's this unspoken rule that when you create conversation around a topic, all opinions are respected and valued. Um, and it's fascinating because it, it, it happens almost organically. So you, you start a conversation and you respect the opinions of everyone coming to the table. So that's a great piece of content. Um, some not so great pieces of content, you know, it's, it's hard to do, but I think where people miss an opportunity is they'll post something and then they'll disappear. And we call that posting ghost. Um, and, and for the hospitality industry, where I see it a lot is people are posting about their new jobs. So they got a new job as a sales manager at a hotel, um, which is amazing news. And I want to encourage people to post about their new jobs. When you post about a new job, the engagement rate is really, really high. So someone could post about a new position and get 100, 200, 300 likes and comments and congratulation notices that's a captive audience and now sadly you've disappeared again and you haven't been able to capitalize on that captive audience so i think you know instead of it being a horror story i see that as being a heartbreaking missed opportunity is uh -huh. you've created this massive piece of engaging content you're in people's home feeds now and then you disappear and you have nothing else to share. So um, I wanna encourage people, if you do do that, there's nothing wrong in that first post, but let's stick around and have conversation in a, a subsequent post and keep the conversation going. As you were describing those posts, I was thinking in my head the, the thought of inviting hundreds of people to this huge auditorium, you walk on stage, you make an announcement and then you immediately before anybody can say anything, you walk right back off stage again. Oh, Sharon, I love that visual. Thank you. Because I'm now going to use that. I'm totally you use it. You. It is exactly like that. And again, yeah. just a missed opportunity. It doesn't make it bad. It just makes it, you know, we were this close. Yeah. We were this close. And so yeah. just take that one step further. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I also find it interesting when you were talking about um, the unwritten rule mm -hmm. on LinkedIn and, you know, Facebook is your conversations at home after mm -hmm. you've had a glass of wine. You know, you, you talk on LinkedIn like you would work, talk at your job. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a wonderful uh, level of civility that takes place on LinkedIn. It would just be wonderful if that kind of transferred over into Facebook somehow. You know, yeah, it's funny you compare those two because you're right, they are real polar opposites. Um, and, and to your point, there can be some topics that create a lot of divisiveness um, in communities. 
and what I find with LinkedIn is um, no one is there to create divisiveness for one. Um, and, and keep in mind, everything that we're talking about, Sharon, are massive sweeping generalizations. There's always yeah, going to be yeah. exceptions to the rule. Um, there are people on LinkedIn who aren't as civil as we had hoped. Um, but for the most part, they, they're, they're not divisive topics, they're discussion topics. Uh -huh. um, and, and I think the other thing that people need to realize about LinkedIn, especially if you're employed by an organization or looking to be employed by an organization, which is a majority of our, of our uh, friends, is our employers are going to be taking a look at our content every now and again. Um, now, employers have gotten very good at respecting that a personal brand equals business. And so they're empowering their employees to have a voice on LinkedIn, to have those conversations because they know it leads to that no like and trust factor that results eventually in dollar dollar bills for their organization. Right. Um, but organizations are also that's their way of kind of taking a look at the things that we are talking about. So um, that unwritten rule could also be, you know, we, we still need to treat this like a workplace and we mm -hmm. are still representing our organization on some level. Um, you know, our LinkedIn profiles are our personal property. They're not the property of our organization, but we do still represent our organization. So let's make sure our language reflects that. Yeah. So speaking of our organization, let's talk about your organization and um so i know that you you work with organizations as small as as just one person like like mrn or you know extremely large corporations so let's talk about your organization and what you do and how you can support people and and you know organizations themselves sure well thank you for the opportunity and and you know i i'd be remiss if i didn't give a shout out to my organization that i was with um, you know, pre-COVID and now even post-COVID, I work for an organization called Conference Direct, which has been so supportive of people building their brands and so supportive of me doing what it is I do now. So I do wear two hats um, in the industry. I'm still a site selection professional, but how people work with me on my LinkedIn training, um, I do a lot of breakout sessions at conferences. Uh, a lot of it is around LinkedIn. Some is strictly around personal branding and how people can get started on creating their own brand. Um, but I also do what's called small teams trainings. And that's when I work with uh, teams of six to 12 people. They typically all work for the same organization. And that's where we can really drill down and talk through people's LinkedIn profiles, but also talk about that content creation and how it marries with the organization's company page on LinkedIn. So I really love that work because it kind of brings everyone together and empowers everyone at once uh, to create that cohesive message, but still have that personal brand stamp on their content. And then for individuals like you, Sharon, you know, you're going through my on-demand digital course right now, uh, which was created for individuals who are just ready to level up their LinkedIn game. And we go through the three core activities, what I call the influence circle on LinkedIn of optimizing your profile, growing your network and starting to get, get getting started on content creation. And when those three activities work in concert with one another, you can create a real impact on the platform. And so Sharon, that's what you and I are doing together right now as you go through yep. the course. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's been extremely helpful to me uh, as I've been going through the modules to be able to apply what I've learned immediately. The way that you have it set up is, is very user-friendly. So I have the modules on one screen and then my LinkedIn profiles on another. And it's just very easy to apply immediately uh, what you have learned as you've been going through the tutorials and the classes. Oh, um, I, I love hearing that. And that's kind of why I made the course the way it is on demand is then you can always revisit. Um, but my favorite part of the course is when we get together once a month for a group coaching call. So anyone who has purchased my course is invited to a group coaching call once a month. And that's where we can really drill down into those specific questions. Um, you know, and I don't know if right now, Sharon, if you've got these burning questions, but you bring them to the call and then we look at it as a group of people, which uh -huh. is awesome because we have other people who either have the same question or they have the same challenge and they can contribute to the conversation as well. You know, my goal really is to turn everyone into a LinkedIn guru. I don't want to be the only one. So if you can get feedback from other people who have elevated their LinkedIn game, that's better than just, just me giving my, my feedback. So that's what I love about the group coaching calls. No, and talking about content for just a second, you know, the Military Reunion Network and the Military Reunion Market is such a small part of the entire meetings industry. Um, it is ex it is very niche. It is a very, very small piece of it. And um, so I kind of give myself permission to um, accept the fact that they're, they're it's okay uh, to not have 700, 2,000, 5,000 people re responding or commenting on uh, a post that I have posted about the market. Amen. Amen. You know, I heard it uh, framed best by someone. They said the riches are in the niches. And, and really what that translates to is when your audience is talking to a super small group of people like yours, Sharon, that's where you have the opportunity to have the greatest impact. Because um, when you try to uh, talk to everybody, you end up talking to nobody. Um, mm -hmm. Human nature, we all want to find a home. We all want to find that community. And that community is not worldwide. That community for you is veterans who are planning military reunions. You can't get more mm -hmm. than that, but it's brilliant because your content now you know exactly who you're talking to. Um, yeah. And you know when your content isn't talking to them that it's not probably the best piece of content. Um, yeah. So yeah, so drilling down your niche almost as small as you can make it actually increases your impact with that community. So it's no longer about the likes and the engagements. It really is about whose life are you changing today and who's, what kind of home are you creating for your community members? And Sharon, you guys at MRN and you are doing that so well. Thank you so much. It, it gives me confidence to move forward. So I appreciate that. Um, when when we were talking about um, your support and the, the help that you give to organizations and teams and individuals and small companies like myself, let's talk about um, the, the different type of resources, we've talked about the, the online modules. Um, let's talk about the, the overall, the different kinds of resources. And then more importantly, I suspect would be um, how people find you. 
Sure. Yeah. Besides so, on LinkedIn, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Leanne Calderwood, that I'm the only one I think on LinkedIn. So it shouldn't be too, too hard to find. Sharon is connected with me. So make sure you find me over there. Um, and I do have a website at leannecalderwood.com. Um, and under there, it details um, these digital courses, these on-demand courses that I've created, um, as well as how to get uh, uh, involved in that small teams training. My small teams training, um, a majority of them are done virtually. So we jump on a Zoom call. It's either a one hour Zoom call or it's a three hours spaced one week apart uh, Zoom call with your team. Uh, so completely virtual, easy to do if you have teams that are spread out over an area. Uh, and then of course the breakout sessions and keynote sessions for conferences that are really looking to help elevate their members LinkedIn game. Um, I'm always open to a conversation about how we can help you meet your objectives at your events. Leanne, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us on Military Reunion Network Radio and um, sharing your insight and expertise with LinkedIn and uh, helping us to understand how to elevate our profiles and engagement. Um, it has been so wonderful for you to take the time and we really appreciate you joining us. Very, very much. Well, thank you for having me, Sharon. I had a great time. To our veteran community, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate your service to our country and your continued support of your military reunions. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us. This is Sharon Danachek, and we will see you next time.